you have your Bibles, if you will open the scriptures with me to Genesis chapter 22. As we continue to look at the Lord's faithfulness, I want to draw your attention and our attention uh, to God's faithfulness in providing. That the Lord is our provider. Do you believe that this morning? That God is our provider? We are thankful as the choir was singing that song, you know they are singing the scriptures, that the Lord is the lifter of our head. I know that many times in my own life I have bowed my head, not in prayer, but bowed my head in discouragement and a downtrodden heart. Uh, but the scriptures say that God comes along and he lifts our head to look to him. And I know that every time I have looked to the Lord, it always brings encouragement because I know who he is and I know what he can do. And not only do I know who he is, I know what he can do. I know that from the scriptures, but I also know that from testimonies in my own life of who God is and what he is able to do. He has been faithful in the past. He's been faithful today. And you know what, church? He'll be faithful tomorrow. He's always faithful. And he is faithful in all areas of our life. But we want to focus our attention on how God is our provider. In Genesis chapter 22, we get the idea God is our provider. The Lord will provide. This name, El Shaddai, our provider. This is a familiar passage for you. This is the story of Abraham and Isaac as God has called Abraham to take his son Isaac up to the mountain to sacrifice him. And so we will read this together in Genesis chapter 22. Uh, God is our provider. If you have your copy of God's Word, you open the scriptures to Genesis 22 or open your apps on your devices. If you'll stand with me, let's read it together. Genesis chapter 22, starting in verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, here I am. He answered, take your son, he said, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, to go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took with him two of his young men and his son Isaac. He split wood for, for a burnt offering and set out to go to the place God had told him about. On the third day, everybody said on the third day, on the third day, Abraham looked up, say looked up, looked up and saw the place in the distance. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, the boy and I will go over there to worship, then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. In his hand he took the fire and the knife, and the two of them walked on together. Then Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, my father, and he replied, here I am, my son. He's a very observant little boy. Son, Isaac said, the fire and the water here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them walked on together. Apparently that was enough for Isaac. When they arrived at the place that God had told him about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. All the sons in the audience are getting nervous. 
But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He replied, Here I am. Then he said, Do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your only son from me. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket by his thorns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. Then Abraham named that place, The Lord Will Provide. So today it is said, It will be provided on the Lord's mountain. Then the angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, this is the Lord's declaration, Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your only son, I will indeed bless you and make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your offspring will possess the city gates of the, their enemies, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring because you have obeyed my command. Let's pray. Lord, we have read the scriptures. I pray they go out with power. <clears throat> Lord, just those couple of moments of reading the scriptures are more powerful than anything I could ever say. And so, Lord, we trust that the scriptures have gone out. They are uh, finding their way to the depths of our hearts and our minds. May they transform us. And, Lord, may we know that the Lord himself, God himself, will provide. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. This is one of my favorite stories of the scriptures. I tend to say that a lot of, uh, about a lot of stories in the scriptures. And the reason is because anytime you can learn something about who God is, it ought to be a favorite story for you. Uh, one of my favorite pastors, preachers, is Tony Evans. Tony Evans preached on this passage some time ago, and he shared many contradictions in this passage. And I want to share some of those contradictions with you. One of those contradictions, Tony Evans says, is a theological contradiction. Isaac is the promised future, but God, you, it's almost like Abraham saying, God, you want me to kill him. You told me my whole life that Isaac will be the promised future, that we will have numerous generations from this boy, from Isaac. So we have a theological contradiction. How in the world are we going to have a ton of generations after this if I slay him on this mountain? Not only a theological contradiction, there's a biblical contradiction. God said in Genesis 9, you cannot take the life of another. And now God is calling Abraham to take the life of another. Not only do you have theological or biblical contradiction, uh, Tony Evans says you have an emotional contradiction. You know what God says? He says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, who... You love. We have a, a relational, emotional contradiction. Isaac is not a normal kid. They have prayed for Isaac and waited for Isaac, Abraham and Sarah did, for over a hundred years. And now God is wanting them to slay the very thing God has blessed them with. God is asking him to give up the very thing he loves the most. God is asking Abraham to give up the very thing they prayed for, prayed for, and prayed for, and God blessed them with it. Now, the emotional contradiction is, now I want you to give them back, give them up. But not only is emotional uh, contradiction, there is a relational contradiction. Uh, Abraham is saying, how am I going to explain this to Sarah? 
What am I going to say to her? That may be the reason why he got up early in the morning. Let's just go ahead and leave before she gets up. I don't want to have to explain anything to Sarah. And it may be that that's why it was a three days journey there. If I say three days. Three days journey there. Because I think maybe just Abraham believed. If I'm going to slay my son, maybe God will raise him from the dead within three days of coming back. So you have a, re a relational contradiction. You also have a spiritual contradiction. You have a spiritual contradiction. God said, take Isaac, slay him, and worship me. It says in the scriptures, Isaac, or Abraham told those that were with him, me and the boy, we're going to go up the mountain, we're going to worship. We have a spiritual contradiction. Listen, if there was any time you didn't want to go to church, this is it. If there was any time you didn't want to go to worship, this was the day. Because God is calling Abraham to slay his own son, your own son, the son you love. And if there was any day for someone to have a good excuse not to go to worship, I believe Abraham's got us all beat. Don't you think so? But what happened? What happened? Abraham got up and he took his son he did exactly what God called him to do. He, he did exactly what God wanted him to do. Which begs the question, if there were any time you didn't want to go, didn't feel like going to church this day, how do you worship God with a broken heart? How do you worship the Lord with a broken heart? Listen, I know we've all experienced a lot of things, and many people, some people in this room, you've experienced the loss of a child. How do you go to church? How do you worship the Lord with a broken heart? I don't know if Abraham knew how to do that. He was going to give the trial. You know why? Because he knew who God was. He knew what God had said. That through this boy, generations will fill the earth. And so we read what happens. If you'll follow along with me in the scriptures. It says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I, am. here I am. He said, take your son. He said, your only son, whom you love, go to the land where I and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Sometimes obedience has to be followed through without all the details. God told Abraham, take your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the place, one of the mountains, I will tell you about. Abraham didn't have all the details, but what did he do? He got up and left and went. Sometimes in your life, God calls you to obey without all the details. That's called faith. It's called faith. You don't have to have all the details. You don't have to know the details. You just have to know the one calling you to them. Trust in him, not the details. Maybe if, if Abraham knew all the details, he would have found a way not to do it. And there are times in your life you don't know all the details of what God is doing. And if you did, you would disobey. Sometimes God calls you to get up and go, do this, do that. It's a testing of your faith. You don't have all the details, but God's calling you to obey. Here's the thing. Obedience has nothing to do with what you want. Obedience has everything to do with what He wants. And so we obey. And so that's what Abraham does. So Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took with him two of his young men, his young Isaac. He split wood for a burnt offering, set out to go to the place and told him about. On the third day, everybody say on the third day, Abraham looked up. They're traveling. He knew God's going to show me. 
Dad, where are we going? Brother, I have no idea. I, you know, you know that conversation had to happen. Where are we going? I don't know, son, but God's going to tell me. When we get to that place, God's going to reveal it to me. I don't have all the details. I'm just doing what God told me to do. Do you think Abraham is teaching his son how to trust and obey? For there is no other way. You can teach your kids all kinds of things in this life. If you don't trust them to trust in the Lord, you don't teach them to obey and to trust in God, what have you taught them? What have you taught them? You can teach them how to swim a bat, catch a ball, throw one, and do all kinds of things in life. If you don't teach them to trust in God, what are you doing? What are we teaching our children? So they left. They went without all the details. You got to know Isaac's carrying. He's carrying the wood. He got all the wood on. Hey, Dad, where are we going? I don't know. God's going to show us. So on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here the donkey. The boy and I will go up there to worship. Then we'll come back to you. We're going to go up to worship. We, me and the boy, me and the lad, as your scripture may say, me and the boy, going to go up and worship, and then we're going to come back to you. So Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. In his hand he took the fire and the knife, and the two of them walked on together. It's an interesting thing when you know what God has told Abraham to do, to go and slay your only son. The one whom you love, that you've prayed for, and I've blessed you with. And so he, they get to the place, he tells the young men that's with him, y'all stay here. Me and my son, we're going to go up there, we're going to worship the Lord together. We're going to go together. Then he says, then we'll come back to you. Boy, that's a strong statement, isn't it? We're going to go up and worship, and then we are going to come back to you. Do you catch that? We're going to go up there together and worship. Can you under, can you imagine uh, being in that predicament? Knowing what God's called you to do. Knowing the agonizing pain of maybe what God's called you to do. Oh, I believe Abraham knew God could work miracles. But still, you got to slay your own son. Can you understand I, it would almost be, you're walking up that mountain just in silence, just agonizing, thinking through your head. Come on, God, come, show me something else here. But it says they went up to worship, and he says, we'll come back down to you. There was a confidence in Abraham. Abraham's confidence was not in himself. His confidence that we're going to go up to worship, and then we're going to come back down to you. His confidence was not found in his obedience, his confidence was found in the God that told him to do it. His confidence was found not in his abilities, but his confidence was found in the abilities of the God that's called him to do it. We're reminded in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, listen, verse 17, says, By faith, Abraham. By faith, Abraham. By faith. Faith is not knowing all the details. It's trusting without seeing, trusting without knowing all things. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He received the promises, and yet he was offering his one and only son, the one whom it had been said, your offspring will be called through Isaac. He considered, listen to what it says, he considered God to be able to even to raise someone from the dead, 
Therefore, he received him back, figuratively speaking. <clears throat> Abraham was confident that God could do miracles, even raise his own son from the dead. So Abraham tells the guys that are with him, you got to stay right here. We're going to go up on that mountain, we're going to worship the Lord, and we're going to come back down. Dead or alive, we're both coming back. You know why? Because I believe whether I get up there, God's going to provide another way. Or if I do slay my son, I believe God can work miracles that he'll bring him from the dead. He'll bring him from the dead. I, Abraham had faith in God. He didn't have all the details. He didn't have to know exactly how God was going to do it, when God was going to do it, why God was going to do it. All Abraham had was his faith and confidence in the one who his faith was put into. Do you have faith? Is your confidence in the Lord? And not your own abilities, but the abilities that God can do anything. He can do anything. And Abraham trusted and believed and had faith that God can work miracles. Not only can he work miracles, he can bring people from the dead, even his own son. So it says, in his hand he took the knife and the fire, and the two of them walked on together. Then Isaac spoke to his father and said, Father, he's picked up on this. Father, here I am, son. The fire and the wood are here, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? I see the wood. I'm carrying it. I see the fire. You got that. I see the knife. You're holding. But where's the offering? Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Have you ever been in a place in your life where you ask God where? You have a predicament laid before you. You don't know how it's going to happen, how it's going to turn out, why God's doing what he's doing. And you look to your Heavenly Father and say, God, where is this going? How is this going to work out? How are you going to provide? And Abraham teaching his son a valuable lesson. He says, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, son. Then the two of them walked on together. Abraham's teaching his son valuable truths in Scripture. I can understand the agonizing pain that Abraham is going through. He is desperate for an answer. He's desperate for God to say something. Do something. God, I don't want to do this. May this cup pass from me. I don't want to do this. And in the midst of his pain, sorrow, and circumstances, the greatest thing Abraham could do in that moment was to speak truth. Was to speak truth. Son, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how God's going to do it. But here's what I believe. God himself will provide. Not me. Not anyone else on this earth. Only God himself. Abraham's teaching his son one thing. You better look to the Lord. Look to God. Dad's in the room. Teach your kids. Look to God. Not their abilities. Not anything else in this life. Not money. Not fame. Not Look to the Lord. Look to God. I don't know how this is going to work out, son. He's teaching his son a valuable lesson. When you find yourself in a terrorizing moment, and you don't know how things are going to work out, why God's doing what he's doing, why did God allow me to go through this, why is God testing me like this, the greatest thing you can do in those moments is to speak truth. Speak biblical truth of who God is. I don't know, but God does. And that's what Abraham's teaching his son. Dad, I'm 
around, but I'm asking where? Where is what I need? Where is God in this moment? Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Where, where, where? And Abraham teaches his son, son, when you don't know, you better look to the Lord. Look to God. And so he does. God himself will provide. He's speaking truth in the middle of his circumstances. You see, sometimes God puts you in a test in life where only he can provide. Sometimes you go through tests in life. You remember at the very beginning of this, it says, God tested Abraham. This is a test. This is not just a pop quiz. This is an exam. This is a final exam. I'm going to see, Abraham, if you really love me, if you really trust in me, if you really have faith in me. Sometimes God puts you through circumstances where only he can provide. You know why? Because it makes you look up. It causes you to look up to him. And so that's what Abraham does. God's going to have to do this one, son. Verse 9, when they arrived at the place that God had told him about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son and placed him on an altar on top of the wood. Can you imagine that? Most would say that Isaac wasn't just a little boy. He was uh, probably late 20s. Early 30s, something like that. He's a grown man. And you would imagine that this 31, 32, 33 year old would give up just a little bit more of a fight. You're not putting me on that. I know what goes on that. <coughs> Can you imagine that? Dad, I love you, but no, no. This is not about to happen. You're not putting me on that wood. No, I, I see what's going on there. I said, don't you love me? I see what's happening now. You don't see a struggle. You don't see a fight going on between father and son, between Abraham and Isaac. You don't see any of that. And I just have to believe that Isaac himself, because Abraham taught his son to trust in the words of the Lord, I almost believe that Isaac just got up on that altar and said, yeah, but God himself is going to provide God himself will provide. And so Isaac hops on that wood and Abraham ties him down. God himself will provide. Then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son, his only son, son whom he loves. The angel called, the angel of the Lord Christ calling out from heaven. God, Christ, Calling from, this is a representation of Christ, called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. When God calls your name twice, you listen. You've learned that from your parents. If your parents call your name twice, you better pay attention. Abraham, Abraham. Abraham replied, here I am. Do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. And listen to what Christ says. For now I now I know that you fear the Lord. Now I know. Everything that Abraham had trusted and taught his son is happening. Everything that he had trusted in, everything he had put his hope in, everything that Abraham had taught his son to trust in the Lord when he don't understand. God himself will provide, Isaac. God himself. you got to think, as they're walking up the mountain, Abraham, God's going to provide. He's going to provide. He's going to provide. He's going to provide. He's going to provide. Abraham! Abraham! you got to think Abraham goes, Oh, God, thank you, Lord! 
the laying in on Christ says, for now I know. See, it's one thing to say you have faith. It's another thing to prove it. The problem in most of our churches today, it's a whole lot of lip service that you love Jesus and not a lot of feet to motion love Jesus. I didn't get any amen. I didn't think so. See, seeing is believing. Now I know that you love me. Now I know that you have faith in me. Now I know that you trust in me. You can say it all you want to. You can wear the t-shirt of East Oklahoma Baptist Church. You can be on a Sunday school roll, a church roll. You can tie, be a deacon, teach Sunday school, serve on a committee. You can do all that and not have a lick of faith in, in God. Jesus says, now I know Abraham wasn't coming for the provisions. He was coming for an experience with God. And he just had one. Think about it in your own life. Is a whole lot more lip service that you have faith in God? Or are you living that out in your life? No, I really do have faith in God. I really do trust in the Lord. Are you willing to obey even without all the details? Are you willing to give up the very thing you love the most? Are you willing to give up the very things that God has blessed you with? Are you willing to let all of that go because you trust in the Lord? Or are you got a tight grip on everything you have and say, look, I'm just going to go to church. I'm going to look like I love Jesus. I'm going to say that I love Jesus. I'm going to act like it every now and then that I love Jesus. But I'm going to live my life like I want to. Jesus says, for now I know that you have faith. Now I know that you fear the Lord. Wouldn't that be a great testimony of your own life? For now I know. Some of you are going through the hardest test in your life. And God is calling you to put your trust and your hope and faith in Him without all the details. And when you get done with that final exam, listen, God's going to say, Now I know that you love me. Now I know. So He says, Now I know you fear the Lord, since you have not withheld your only son. Abraham looked up. Everything he had trusted in, it's all around. Called the thicket by his horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering. You, how fast do you think Isaac got off that wood? Dad, you go get, get that out of y'all. Don't worry about me. I'll get off this. No problem. It's heating up under here. <coughs> and Abraham named that place the Lord will provide. How many places you have in your life can you name the Lord will provide? I've had a lot of them. I've got a lot of places in my life where I can say, the Lord was faithful and provided. In finances, marriage, family, school, through school, job, all of those, there are monumental moments in my life where I, like Abraham, can say, the Lord will provide. It will be provided for the Lord's day. Quickly, three observations. That's the introduction. I was kidding. Three observations. Number one, this is simple. God is faithful in providing at all times. That's simple. God is faithful in providing at all times. Listen, that's simple, yet hard to live out in our lives. Amen? That's simple truth. But it's hard to live out. It's easy at times, 
But it's difficult at other times when you have to do things that you don't know all the details. You're going through circumstances that you don't know all the details of the whys, what fors, and hows, and who's. When you're having to walk step by step, I don't even know what my next step is, but I'm going to take it anyway. I don't know what my next step is, but I'm going to take it anyway. You are in circumstances and situations in your life that God will provide, but that's hard to live by. And so with every step, you speak truth. God will provide at all times. He will provide at all times. God will provide. Whatever I need now, God will provide at all times. And I believe that's what Abraham did. He's living that out in his life. Not only did he live it out in his life, he taught his son to live that out in his life. What a, an amazing, true moment in the life of Isaac. My dad trusted in God. My dad had to do something that God called him to do. I, I can't imagine the heartache that that caused my dad, but he did it because he trusted in God, and God provided. When Sarah's womb was dead and barren, God was faithful to his word and promise and brought her dead, barren womb back to life. When Abraham was going on his journey, God was faithful to lead him in the right place. Once they got going, and without all the details, it may be sometimes God's waiting on you to get up and move without the details. And then he'll show you what he's doing. And then he'll reveal you what he's doing. It may be that God's waiting on you to get up and go, have faith. And then God will show you what he's doing. When Abraham was going to slay his son, God was faithful in providing the sacrifice for them in the place of his son. Number two. God is faithful in providing even when we have failed so many times. Boy, aren't you thankful for that? He's faithful in providing even when we have failed so many times before. That's the story of Abraham's life. He failed so many times before. <coughs> when God would tell him truth and, and promises, Abraham would believe it for a time, but then he would give up on that promise and, do, and, and take life in his own hands. And what, what always happened... He would create a mess in his life. But God is faithful in providing even when we failed so many times before. Abraham doubted. He took matters in his own hands at times. He didn't trust in the Lord. He didn't listen to the Lord at all times. But God was faithful. Even when Abraham was not. That's why it says in the scriptures, even in our faithlessness, he is faithful. Is he faithful, church? Yes, he is. Number three. Listen, listen, number three. It's easy for us to be faithful when you know who God is. I want you to get this one. I want you to understand this one. This is hard truth, but it's comforting to live out in your life. It's easy for you to be faithful to Him when you know who God is. You say, well, preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. I, it doesn't matter what you're going through. When you know who God is, it's easy to be faithful to Him. I'm not saying you won't struggle. I'm not saying you'll go through hardships. I'm not saying you're going to battle with your flesh and your own blood that God's not faithful, He's not worthy. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying at the end of the day, when you close your eyes and you look up to the heavens and you see who God is, what He's done, who He is, and what He will do, it's easy for us to be faithful to Him. It drives us to be faithful to Him. 
Listen, when you know God, when you know who He is, it's easy for us to be faithful. When you know God's words, it's easy to be faithful. When you know God's power, it's easy to be faithful. When you know God's faithfulness, it's easy to be faithful. When you know God's love and His everlasting love, it's easy to be faithful. It's easy to be faithful. Because you know His power. You know His love. You know His graces and mercies that are new every morning. You know God! And you look to the devil and his schemes and his never-ending uh, lies to you. And you say, yeah, but I know God. He's been faithful to me in the past. And he's going to be faithful to me today. Because I know him. I know the Lord. Why was it easy for Abraham to just get up and go to Mount Moriah and slay his son? When speaking to the Jews, Jesus said in John chapter 8, verses 48 through 59, he says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Jesus told the Jews, Your father Abraham, the leader, your Abraham, rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. What did he see? What day did he see? And why was he glad? God told Abraham to go to Moriah, and I will tell you which mountain to go to. The Bible says on the third day, say the third day, the third day the Bible says Abraham looked up and he saw the place. He looked up and he saw the place. He saw the place of Mount Moriah, this region of mountains. He looked up. And he saw the place where God would have him to go, sacrifice his own son. But in the moment of looking up to see where God was calling him to go, just a couple hundred yards away from there is another mountain. That mountain is called Mount Calvary. And so Abraham looks up and he sees Mount Calvary. And Abraham says, <laughs> oh yeah, this is going to be easy. Oh, I know the Lord's going to provide now. Abraham looks up and he doesn't just see where he will sacrifice his son, but he sees another hill called Mount Calvary. He looks up and he saw the day of the Lord. He saw Christ, his Lord, and knew everything would be all right. He looked up and he saw the place where the ultimate sacrifice will be provided for the sins of the world. He looked up and he knew that God would provide then and God would provide now. He looked up and he saw and knew that God would provide in every area of his life. He looked up and knew that everything he stood in need of was bought and paid for on Mount Calvary, including the power to raise his son Isaac from the dead. And that's exactly what God was going to do again. He looked up and saw Jesus. Abraham knew if God can raise Jesus from the dead, he can do the same in my life, my son's life. He can do anything for me. If I need joy, I'm going to look up to Mount Calvary. If I need peace, I'll look up to Mount Calvary and seek Christ. If I need love and redemption and forgiveness of sin and help in the time of trouble, look up to Mount Calvary and see Christ dying on the cross and being resurrected on the third day. Look up because God is faithful to provide for you. Amen? He's faithful to provide for us. The greatest heartache and moment of his life 
he looked up and saw Jesus. Will you do the same? <coughs> Will you do the same? The gospel message of Christ reminds you and it reminds me that if God will provide them, guess what? He will provide now. If God will provide them, He will provide now. Whatever you stand in need of, He is our provider. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Lord, we trust in you. We trust in the scriptures. You've told us over and over of the scriptures. And Lord, there's people in this room, they're dealing with life, and Lord, it's it's hard. It, they're, they're having to take steps every day. They don't know all the details, the whys and what forms. They don't understand it. Well, they don't get it. It's hard. But Lord, I pray that they're trusting in your faithfulness, that you are faithful. And you will remain faithful. That you provided them for Abraham, you provided them on Mount Calvary, and you're going to provide now. Listen, if that's you, trust in his faithfulness. Only he knows what you need in times of trouble. And praise the Lord, he is ever present in those times. God is not a distant God. He is personal. And he is your personal Lord and Savior. Listen, you may be in here. I ask that you come and pray. Maybe a situation going on in life or someone you're praying for. God calls us to petition on their behalf. I, I, I ask you to come do that. Spend some time with the Lord. Or maybe, maybe God's just calling you to come and pray. Say, God, thank you. Lord, thank you. Lord, I have so many areas in my life, just like Abraham, where I can name a place the Lord will provide. And God, you have provided over and over and over and over and over again. Even in my faithlessness, Lord, you've been faithful. So maybe you want to come and pray, say, Lord, thank you. Or maybe you're in the room and you need peace. You need life. You need forgiveness of sin. You've been doing life your own way. And you have found yourself a life of brokenness. You've tried every way to get out of that brokenness. But nothing is worth. What we learn from the scriptures is that if you'll quit looking at your brokenness and you'll look up to Mount Calvary, you'll see a cross there. And you'll see blood that is shed down off that Mount Calvary. And then you'll look over to a tomb that's empty because Jesus died on the cross for you. He took on, he became the ultimate sacrifice for you. Just like he did for Abraham and Isaac. He took your place on the altar of brokenness. And the Bible says if you'll just trust in him, call upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. Peace will come into your life. Peace in the midst of your circumstances. Joy will come into your life. Eternal life will happen for you. You'll be saved. You say, well, preacher, how do I do that? I'm living a life of brokenness. I need the Lord. I need faith. Oh, I say I have faith, but I really don't. I really don't. I don't have faith. I just live my life how I want to. Then I come to church on Sunday. That's it. Hey, have faith today. Have faith. Be faithful. You can pray.
pray right where you are and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I'm a sinner and I know that. Lord, I'm in brokenness. I've tried to do life my own way and it's caused brokenness for me. God, I want to trust in you now. Lord, I want to call upon the name of the Lord to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I believe that you were resurrected on the third day. So, Lord, I pray that you would transform my heart and life. God, that I would submit to you from these days forward. In Jesus' name. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says all of heaven rejoices, and we want to as well. I'll be down front, Pastor Matt. Pastor John will be down front. We love to pray with you and rejoice with you. Or whatever decision God's leading you to do, we pray that you be obedient today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.